0: And ride with me in my foul life. What's up, podcast audience? The Foul Life Podcast. Awesome episode today. One of the best duck callers I've personally have ever heard on stage in the field. Bobby Heim, he can run it. He's a part of Jargon. Uh, The megaphore, the live duck, the small talk. He is amazing. You can see him on our Instagram or some of our social media and his at Bay Country Retrievers. He's just unbelievable when it comes to authenticity and legitimate, realistic Mallard Hen sounds. Going to be an awesome conversation. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast, again, is brought to you by Jargon Game Calls, jargongamecalls.com. They're second to none. We're truly honored to be part of the Jargon family. All of their single read duck calls, the double read, which is called the icebreaker, but you got the small talk, you got the loud mouth, you have the live duck and the paradox and the chit chat, the new mega four, the two new short read Canada goose calls, the wrecking ball and the crazy train, all of our turkey calls. The, The calls are just awesome and Chris Cifrio, our partner and founder, is a machining guru, and he's a duck call genius. I truly mean that. These calls are different. They're better, and um, they're just well-designed, and they're so ducky. Try them out, jargongamecalls.com. Look for them at events coming up this year. We're in Max Prairie Wings. We're in final flight we're in simmons we're in paducah shooter we're in retailers across the country um we love them hopefully you guys do today's episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the one and only benelli benelli usa the shotguns did you see they just came out with the super black eagle three super black eagle three 28 gauge now they got it in the 12 the 20 now the 28 it's an amazing gun synthetic we're fired up about it um, they're going to obviously be allowed a, a or I guess they're going to be produced right now just in right-handed. But I'm asking Benelli every day, please come out with a left-handed version. But Benelli USA, thank you so much. We're in our 11th season with Benelli as the title sponsor of the Foul Life Television with new episodes appearing right now on the Outdoor Channel. So thank you, Benelli. Today's episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Mojo Magic it makes mallard ducks go silly. Puddle ducks go silly. Teal, it's coming up. Teal season, get a couple of those flashers. Dove season's coming up. They respond to it. They see that flash. It's realistic. Dry field mallard hunting in corn or peas or wheat, it doesn't matter. If you're not using mojo, you're not killing ducks in dry fields. Maybe once in a while, they're going to set and light into your goose spread. Um, But when you want that big vortex, that power uh, of Mallard Ducks over dry fields. you got to have a mojo. So, mojo Terry Demin, Chuck, the entire crew down in Louisiana. Can't wait to see you at Mister Steve Bigger's place coming up in Texas September. Gonna be awesome. Today's episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Kershaw Knives. Staying sharp—that's what we do. We we hunt. We're always building blinds. We're always cutting salami in the blinds. We're always working on something. We always depend on Kershaw with all of our culinary and cooking needs. Awesome steel, great edges, great blades. They stay sharp, and they give us the confidence. We're always careful with them, obviously, but when you're dispatching ducks and you're taking the breast meat and the tenderloins off or cutting the legs, you need a saw, you need an ax, you need a hatchet, you need a a sharp knife. It does not matter. The straight blades, the closable blades, folding blades, Kershaw, made in America. We absolutely are honored to be part of the Kershaw family. And last but not least, today's episode of the Fowl Life Podcast is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Check them out. Wisconsin, United States of America, their binoculars, their rangefinders, their spotting scopes, their apparel, their lifestyle, their socks are awesome. I'm talking comfortable outerwear. We love it. Thank you, Vortex. Get your new pair of binoculars. Get on a scouting mission. Become a better waterfowl hunter, a better duck and goose guru. Thank you, Vortex. Bobby Heim, jargon game calls. We're talking duck calling. We're going to have him back on in another week. We're going to keep going over his his repercussions. Reprop- rep- tour his arsenal everything that he presents to those mallard ducks we start with the quack and we're going to move on to greeters and comebacks and and chatter and everything that goes into being bobby heim thank you all for listening to the foul life podcast i'm chad building your host this is bobby heim what what is it about the range that you're seeing different with it i mean a lot of guys say and i don't know what you're experience is like on a cut down call but can you get that bark like a cut down call on the top end and get real loud on it
1: i mean you can blow it just like a cut down
0: can't you isn't it crazy how that little that Dutch. little call right there i mean it, it'll it'll cut ducks out from a long ways away and then but the the difference is is that it's, it's way ducky on the low end, too. When you get way down and stay soft on it, you can get, I mean, I've listened to your videos, and that's what I want to talk about today. We got Bobby Heim, one of the best meat callers, one of the best live duck callers in the country. I would say live duck. He's going into some meat competitions coming up. I know that he's going to do fine. He's also an awesome short read goose caller, but today we're going to talk about things um, about. Mechanics, I want to know like, what you're doing, and I don't know if you've ever instructed anybody on duck calling mechanics, Bobby behind. but what? It, tell the audience what your stomach is doing. I want to move up from the stomach to the lungs, to the throat, to the mouth, which is the tongue, the fatty tissue, your teeth, your lips. And then obviously the air goes into the call once it leaves that part and, and hits that mylar reed. But what is your stomach doing when you were just doing that bark on that, on that megaphore, replicating um, a cut down sound? What is your stomach doing? Is it puffy or are you pretty intense? Like you're, you're like an athlete would be.
1: Oh, I'm definitely pulling air from my stomach on those barky, super raspy, those like high volume, you know, barky um, notes that I'm pulling out of this call. That all starts from my stomach. Now, some of the more finesse stuff, that's when it starts working up, you know, into the diaphragm. And that's when I start getting those notes out. But all the bark is coming straight out of my stomach pretty much. Like I'm flexing as I'm running those notes through the call.
0: So you're pushing your diaphragm hard in your stomach. It's like a pump, right? And I want to get that point across to the listening audience of you, you, if you picture somebody singing, and I'm not saying that everybody listening knows how to sing, but when you sing, you don't puff your cheeks and just talk from your mouth. You, you bring the air from deep, you bring it from down deep, George Strait or Waylon Jennings or Hank Jr. Or Axl Rose or Robert Plant, any of the great singers, Freddie Mercury, Elton John, you name it. They sing from way down in their belly. They bring it up with passion. You know what I'm saying? Knock, knock, knocking on heavens. If you listen to those first three words right there, Bobby, I'm knock, knock, knocking. I'm bringing that from my diaphragm, right? And that's kind of like a duck. Knock, knock, knock knocking Right, Right? Like if you listen to that song that Bob Dylan wrote, and I love the Guns N' Roses version, not not that's the same air that you're bringing from your stomach your diaphragm and that's i want you to explain what you're doing is it kind of like you're in an abdominal are you flexing your abdominals or the way that i explain is you pull your belly button back towards your your spinal core back towards your backbone and you really get you really get pretty intense down there are you are you pretty flexed up in your stomach when you're calling yeah so
1: basically I, i am doing that. i'm pulling my belly button towards my spine every time I go to let out a duck, you know, in that series of, of calls. But, um, a lot, yeah, I would say it's not like you're flexing, like you would be up on a bodybuilding stage, but you are tightening your muscles in your stomach, you're constricting air, you're pushing air up through your lungs. You know, you're trying to get as much air through that call as possible to get that lower bark- barky, you know, sounds that getting out of the megaphone.
0: Yeah. And that's what I see when you're, when you're calling, when you're standing up and you're on stage and I've watched you live in Maryland, I've seen you on videos. I want that. The first thing that people have to understand is that when you go to blow out a birthday candle or your birthday cake, and let's say that you're 20 years old. Okay. You probably are a little older now. You're probably in your late twenties. What do you, how old are you now, Bobby? 27. Okay. 27. So do you still blow out birthday candles? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but when you're a kid and you're 18, you know your mom and dad would still put all the candles in your age on there. Then you get to an age where it's just the block numbers, right? It's just a two and a seven. Mm-hmm. But when you're blowing out those birthday candles, you take a deep breath and you puff your cheeks, and you you see a lot of kids spit on them, right? When they're trying to blow out yep. their candles, you don't blow a duck call like you're blowing out birthday candles. You blow yeah, a sure. duck. You blow a duck call with your stomach, and your and your hot pressurized air moves from your diaphragm up to your lungs where it gets some power. We're going to move on to that. So if you picture a birthday cake, that's a duck. You might get one to flicker. You might get one to go out if you got strong enough diaphragm pressure. And the best way that I've explained it, Bobby, is if you put a piece of Kleenex on a table and you blow it like you're blowing birthday candles out, that piece of Kleenex, and I'm not talking a paper towel or a napkin. I'm talking a piece of light, light tissue. It's going to Take off and blow across that table and go all the way off it and fall on the floor on the other side of the table. If you uh, if you present air to that Kleenex like you're on a duck call, it's just going to hover there. It's you're going to feel the air. Put your hand against your mouth. You're going to feel air coming out. But that that piece of Kleenex is just going to lift up and hover and fall back down if you're doing if you're presenting your air correctly. Explain that, Bobby Heim, of that air pressure when you're presenting it into a duck call. I have my own way of saying it, but I want to hear yours of are you almost like presenting the air and then trying to suck it back in before it gets into the call? I don't I'm trying to find a good way to explain once that air leaves your stomach and starts getting into your lungs in the back of your throat and your in and, and your back, of your back in your throat, in the back of your mouth. How, how do you present that air? So pretty
1: much so all the notes from top to bottom for me, I mean, as much range as I do have everything I do is coming from right, you know, underneath my chest, underneath my, you know, just at the top of my abdomen. I mean, everything's coming up, and then it just it gets constricted through here, and then really my tongue and my air pressure is what gives me the difference in volume. I mean, it, it you know, I could sit here and keep my hand wide open and give you three different ducks, and that's just typical, just straight up air pressure that I'm putting in the call to give you those three different ducts and those three different tones. So basically I'm, I'm constricting my air, you know, I'm, I'm putting pressurized air through my throat. You have to constrict your, your, you know, your neck muscles, your throat muscles, and you have to get like, for me, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to this. So I really make sure that every note that I hit, I have to hit it with the same consistency. So I have to make sure my muscles are flexed the exact same as I want them to be and all that kind of stuff. So it really is complicated, but at the same time, Your body does these things every single day, whether you're eating, drinking, you know, blowing your nose, doing whatever. So your body can do all these kind of all these different, you know, flexes and all that kind of stuff. But it's putting it all together and making the sound of these ducks. That is the hardest part.
0: Okay, so let's I agree. And let's take the basic Bobby Heim quack. Turn around, please, and, and hit just a, a a single quack, and do it, do it, do it with two it's two to three seconds in between. Hit four to five quacks. Okay, it's a perfect quack. What was your air doing when it got? when it got left your stomach and started moving up your body is it is it like what i explained on that on that hot pressurized air like you like the bike pumps when i was a kid i don't even know if you're you're old enough to remember the old bike pumps where you press the handle down and that little hose was connected to your bike tube it would the air would go and it would press down and be real constricted as it went into the bike tube is it something like that i'm trying to figure out how to get people to get that air pressure right, because too many people are presenting loose, cold, unpressurized air into their duck calls, and it does not sound ducky when they get it. And a lot of people ask, well, how do you get it to sound like Bobby? Well, you got to get your air pressure right. So what was your air pressure doing on that quack?
1: So basically my air pressure was the same coming out of my diaphragm. The thing that made it go whack, whack, you know, let, it, let the notes start and then finished it, was I was literally keeping my tongue and I was letting the slightest little bit of air down and then I bring it back up. It's real slow, just like that. You know, you just, just like that. So the air pressure was the same coming out. I use my tongue for a lot. I use my tongue, a ton on my feed, everything, but all all my tongue is basically doing is this acting as a valve of how much air I want to let out and when I want it to stop and all that kind of stuff. I have my tongue, Basically, the roof of my mouth the whole time, but I was letting just the slightest little bit out every so often to get those quacks. And what I see a lot of people do is they they just boom, just like that, and that's their quack. And it doesn't sound good. You have to be finesse with how much air you let out to be able to get those perfect quacks and those perfect ducks out of your call.
0: So, when you start talking about your tongue moving, the air's into the back of the into the throat now. And there's yep, a muscle yep. – I want the listeners to understand there's a muscle in your throat called the larynx. Mm-hmm. When Bobby's hitting that quack, that larynx comes into effect like you're cleaning off your sunglasses or fogging up your window when you were a kid on a cold day to write your name in it or write something backwards so the person in the car next to you could see it. Remember those days, Bobby, when you would go, <laughs> and then write your name? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to the the people, the boys, the guys and girls listening is – when it gets to that larynx in your throat, that's that muscle that lets you get that hot pressure on there. Your larynx is being used. You almost get a wheeze out of it. Yep, yep. And so when Bobby's presenting that air, that air gets to the throat. And now when it gets to the back of the mouth, when it's leaving the throat and it's in the back of the mouth, it's now when Bobby's tongue comes into play. Now the tongue... Bobby, before we talk about the movement of the tongue, the, are you saying the tip of your tongue is anchored down somewhere?
1: Yes. Yeah. Then the middle is touching the roof of the mouth and, and I will just pull my tongue down just a hair to let that little bit of air through, but I'm pushing hot air, just like you're saying up through my throat and through my larynx and it's coming out just a barely above my tongue. And that's how I am controlling my air to let it come out to get those perfect sounds and those perfect pitches that I'm looking for.
0: Okay, so before you move on to that, where is the tip of your tongue anchored?
1: Sitting at the roof of my mouth.
0: The tip of your tongue is up above your your, your top teeth.
1: Uh, no, my, the tip of my tongue is behind my
0: bottom teeth. Okay, behind your bottom teeth. And so then it almost is like you got a gumball underneath it and it's kind of arched. So the fatty part of your tongue, the middle, is up against the roof of your mouth, like you got a gumball underneath it. It almost looks like a duck head, right? Or an eagle yes. head, right? If you hold your hand up. You got your throat, is your is your forearm. Your diaphragm is your elbow. Your throat is your forearm. And then you got the back of the, the throat, the back of the mouth as it comes up, and the roof of your mouth is shaped like that. So you're saying, there's the roof of your mouth. The tongue is like that. Yep. So it's almost yep. it's almost it's almost two duck heads on top of each other yeah okay so the tip of my tongue bobby says is anchored behind my bottom teeth let's say bobby that where your gum line meets your teeth at the back of your bottom teeth is that fair to say yep okay so now bobby said where i'm going with this is bobby said he moves his tongue okay he says if you're watching on youtube and we have tutorials on jargon he moves his tongue a little bit down and then back up so Bobby, to move your tongue, are you activating your jaw? Are you using your face muscles now and using your jaw to move your tongue? Because I'm picturing your tongue's in your mouth. You can't really just go, oh, yeah, and move your tongue around. But when you're duck calling, are you dropping your jaw to drop your tongue? A
1: little bit, yeah. I, I mean, it's not like saying a full sentence in the duck call, but you will see that, like, I'll do it into the back of the call. Like, you can kind of watch my jawline as you can see there's a little bit of movement but it's not like i'm you know that's just giving my tongue enough room to be able to move now some of these real finesse notes i'm not dropping my jaw at all because i'm just letting my tongue literally drop an eighth of an inch a 16th of an inch you know something like that just trying to get let that air squeak by but yes i do move my jaw for a lot you'll see a lot of these bigger notes i actually drop my whole jaw and just you know run the whole um basically the whole duck or the whole hail call through while my jaw is dropped because my tongue is just constantly doing this. So it's really just I had a young guy that I was trying to help duck call and he was he wasn't bad, but I noticed that he was holding the duck call a little funny. Have you ever tried to hold your tongue up at the roof of your mouth and put the duck call to your mouth like like doesn't that feel weird?
0: Yeah. Very.
1: Whereas if you put it down by your, at the, be, at, behind your uh, bottom teeth, it's a little bit.
0: Yeah. A it's lot easier. more cover. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're drinking out of a I Coke mean, when bottle. You, when,
1: yeah. When, when you drink Coke or, you know, beer or whatever, you don't have your tongue sticking up the roof of your mouth. You have it behind yeah. your teeth because, you know,
0: yeah, it would block the liquid from going into your throat to taste good same. going down into your belly.
1: That's the so, same concept I told that young man about
0: blowing a duck call. Is accepting liquid through a bottle. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm I'm picturing that. I like that. So you have the air in your mouth now. Your tongue moves down with a slight movement of your jaw. I'll put it in the back of the call. And I saw your hand doing this, Bobby Heim. You started closed. Is this to let the air out, or is this more of a... Timing deal like a drummer or a percussionist, a bass player that's timing the note. I'll turn it around. Or if I keep my hand steady, it's a completely different quack. So you could get a quack by keeping your hand here, right, Bobby? But you're going. You're getting, you're getting a different duck by moving your hand. Explain your hand to me.
1: So basically what I want to do is when I start that note out, I want it to be a little guttural, you know, I want it to be a little deeper, but if you listen to it, like I got a hundred ducks in my backyard right now that I use for dog training and I listen to them every single night when I feed them. So when I listen to these ducks, you know, some of them had that flat quack or, or whatever that quack was that when you have your hand completely closed, but you listen to the majority of them; it's kind of like a like like their notes kind of arc like this, and then they cut off. So you go mac, mac, mac. So you starting low, and then you're kind of going up. And I mean, you know, you listen to I, one of the places I got it. We we hatched and raised two hundred thousand ducks a year, and we would sell them all. You know, all up and down the East Coast. But you know, we would we still kill. 30,000 or 20,000 or so in a year it's RSA but when I go down and I'm feeding, you know, 15, 20,000 of these birds on on our holding pond and you listen to them I mean the majority of the quacks are mac mac and then I mean you have your few that are mack, mack, or a me you know something like that but you know the majority of them and 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 what they call an alert quack when it mac 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 it's like a gradual you know sound that gets it starts off low and it gets higher and it gets higher and it gets higher so that's what I try to imitate I'm just trying to imitate the most common quack that I usually hear
0: So that is saying that you're building almost like when you're talking I'm picturing your hand it's kind of like an extension of your insert right you got the barrel and you got the insert the exterior pieces of a duck call We're not talking about the gut system on the inside the tone board or the read or anything. But you have your hand that extends your insert. I like to tell people to lock your wrist in. Like we were talking about that duck head. You can put your elbow straight out and then drop your elbow, but keep your wrist in that same position as it was when your elbow was straight out. Don't let your wrist go like this. A more advanced call, you can start to do this, but to learn what Bobby's talking about, Bobby, tell me if I'm wrong. But now you, you build that pressure up and then you open it up a little bit to where it's where if I bold
1: all
0: that's a longer note that's kind of the variation of your quack walk walk and what you're so good at and I'm, we're staying here today, Bobby Heim, is that now that I'm talking to you, we're going to turn this into a Bobby Heim instructional series because I want, I want everybody to get different variations of duck calling. Your duck calling might be completely different than mine or Chris's or John David Stanley's or John Stevens or Jim Ronquist or any of the duck callers in the country. There's a lot of good duck callers. But I want to turn this into where we, you know, after the quack, we'll come in and we'll turn that quack into a five-note greeter then we'll turn that into a seven note greeter then we'll turn that into maybe a comeback call and speed up the variations of it and teach guys and girls that are learning this this is not easy okay I'm, i will never go on to a podcast or a tv show or anything and say operating a duck call i don't i don't want to say blowing a duck call operating a duck call is not easy it takes years of practice and you're 27 you're one of the best in the country and you're still practicing every day because you you just never quit learning there's always so much i'm 47 And I just learned how to do the flat quack in the last year and a half. Okay. I just learned how to do the tree frog that Chris does in Arkansas. It's awesome. And it's so ducky. Like you feeding all those ducks, you hear this stuff. You got to be around live ducks. You got to be around the birds. So we're going to, we're going to stay with the quack for a second because it's very interesting to me of how you get so many different variations. Because when you listen to you call Bobby Heim, you have so many different hen mallards in there that adds one thing that comes to mind realism because when you listen to a live marsha ducks they don't all sound the same it's Roth- <walk-> th- there's all kinds of high pitches low pitches mid pitches soft pitches short ducks you know ducks that extend their stuff until she runs out of all of her air and chokes herself man <phải ilantrolly> They, they're, they're doing all types of things. What you're the best at, in my opinion, is you surprise the listener. Like, holy shit, where did that just come from? Like, he just threw in a seven-month-old mallard hand, just, Mah, bah, bah and then you come back with that old boss hand and that is so difficult to do for timing getting your hand in the right position your tongue your fatty tissues your mouth your teeth your throat your diaphragm all of those basics of that quack are what Bobby Heim concentrates on to get all these ducks if you guys want to know what I'm talking about if you girls want to know what I'm talking about YouTube Bobby Heim go on to our Instagram go on to his Instagram what is it at Bay City Retrievers Uh, Bay
1: Country Retrievers
0: Bay Bay, Bay Country Retrievers at Bay Country Retrievers sorry and listen to his notes you don't hear this in everyday duck calling. I'm telling you, I've been around the best in the world. You don't hear this every day of what this man is doing. So that quack, Bobby Heim, once it gets to your hand and you're letting that out there, how are you stopping it now? With the tip of my
1: tongue, it is it is hitting the roof of my mouth, and I'm just restricting airflow. That, wait a minute, like, wait
0: a minute. You're, you're doing this with your hand, but you said tip with, of your tongue. With the
1: middle of my tongue, with the middle
0: of my tongue, sorry. Okay, so, so the middle of your tongue is, is stopping the air now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Like I said, that, that just acts as a valve. see, but what people can run into, and I've seen it a lot with, I have taught some young callers. Now I do not have the best way of explaining stuff, but I have helped a couple kids out and, you know, taught them, you know, what I know and explained it the best that I could. But, you know, what, what I see most people have a mistake in and, you know, it's when they cut that quack off too short or they're cutting those hails off too short or whatever is they don't have that consistency of, being able to draw your tongue up at the perfect timing to let that note finish out. In other words, so so a lot of people are just like back instead of bah, 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 you know what I mean? So so they're not letting that air out at the right timing to or cutting that air off at the right time they're just cutting it right off whereas they should let it you know kind of draw out a little bit then cut it off so that's the biggest mistake I see because I mean you hear people who are just starting out in contest going you hear people in duck flying and I listen to them like they're cutting their air off way too soon you know they're not give me give me
0: give me before you go on i don't want to interrupt you Bobby. give me an example in, in your duck call of cutting your air off too soon i know that you're a perfectionist and you probably don't even know how to make that mistake anymore but try if you will please so basically it sounds something like this
1: so as you could tell there i was cutting it off now this is what it should sound like not cutting it off
0: Oh wow, that's ducky. Do that one more time. Sorry, I the the, the the first the first cadence came through, the second one cut off a little bit. That first cadence sounds so ducky, like just like a mallard hen. Do that again, please. Now do the wrong one again.
1: And that is that that the wrong one is just me trying to mimic somebody who hasn't been doing this for a long time or or, or needs to improve on this. All I'm doing is just let my tongue go down and come back up. Tongue go down, come back up. Whereas on the right one, I'm literally just ever so slowly back and forth, just like this. You know, I'm constricting my air coming out and I'm constricting it coming in.
0: I want to try that real quick. Can you hear this? Can you hear Mm -hmm. that? that sound right to you Exact yeah so
1: my thing would be that you are for you're almost barking in it too much for that note you need that to note. let it out a little bit slower <coughs> yep Was better. Did you you feel a difference in instead of it being barking right off the bat? It's more like easing into it. Yep. That's so. Everything I do, you know, I can bark like a cut down on it. I can, I can, I can make it so that you know something like this where I can just. Did you hear that? So something like that, sounds you know, amazing. all I'm doing is I'm just restricting my air. And then every quack, I'm putting a little bit more air, a little bit more air, a little bit more pressure, a little bit more pressure. And then I'm slowly bringing it back up, which is giving you that back, 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 You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so it sounds all so it ducky. is, yeah,
1: it, it's, uh, all it is, is, is it, duck, running a duck call is very hard, but yet there's a few ways you know you only have to do a few things to get four or five ducks out of it you know and for me it's just you know how much air i put through i mean it it, it i can give you three or four different ducks with my hand wide open and just back 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 you know and, and all
0: that is is just how much air i'm putting through how much pressure i'm putting into the call and i want you to explain real quick on the back to what you were just doing when you were doing it wrong what are some pieces of advice, Bobby, High, that you could give our listeners and myself? I want to keep learning. How do we perfect that quack to keep it from not getting cut off too short? Is there an exercise we could do of, do you want them to move their hand at the beginning of this process, or do you want to keep it simplified? Do they do they have to move their hand on it? How do we teach somebody to in that note the correct way? I guess I should say finish that note the correct way.
1: Well, so I've always been told practice how you play. So if, if if you're trying to achieve a quack like what I do, and that's opening your hand. I mean, if you look at a Hen mallard, when she quacks, she does this, right? Yeah. So why would so your your hand essentially on a duck call is the beak. So you wanna do that and you wanna draw it out. So when you're trying to learn that note, do it. You know, some people the first couple of times when they try. They're going to open our hand too soon or open it too late. Going, you just have to have an ear and you have to listen for it. Record yourself. Because I know when I blow a duck call sometimes, I can't hear what exactly what that note sounds like sometimes or the perfect pitch. Now, if I record it, I can go back and listen to it. I'm like, damn it did, you know, I thought it sounded good, but damn it really does sound good. Or all oh, that didn't sound about as right on as I wanted it to. It felt good coming out, but it didn't sound as good as I wanted it to. So record yourself, you know make sure that that you slow down so many people you know they they pick up a duck call and 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 they're just trying to just run right into it and just okay that's great but you're cutting your notes off too short start with the quack perfect perfect the quack you know start with the basics once you perfect you know each step then that's when you can start adding different ducks you can start adding the volume you can start adding you know the range you can start adding the transitions you know all that kind of stuff so my thing is slow down just and blow the call and you know really try hard with it you know it ain't hard to keep a duck call on your truck and while you're driving to work for 15 minutes 30 minutes an hour in the morning you know get on that thing and run with it and just sit there and listen to yourself you know kind of maybe I'm not saying text and drive or nothing, but maybe have something that you can sit there and just record yourself the whole time, and you just listening to it, you know, on your, on the way home, and then you're like, okay, well, I got to figure this out tomorrow morning on my way to work. You know, it's not hard to get on a call and just, you know, practice on it for 10, 15 minutes a day, because really that's all I do. I literally, when I'm getting ready for a contest, I blow, you know, two to three routines depending on how much time I have. Like right now, I'm getting ready for a contest in Missouri, so like today, this morning, I ran. Um, one goose, one duck, uh, messed up on both. Um, it's just nerves. I always do that. I'm horrible two weeks out of now the week of the contest. I usually get my act together and start doing good, but just spend 10 or 15 minutes on a call and just keep trying different stuff. Some people get embarrassed and you know, they try to run a duck call and then they sound horrible. Well, I, I sound horrible too. I might've been a lot younger than most people when I sounded horrible But I sound horrible at one point too, you know, you just have to blow the call. That's the only way you're going to figure this stuff out. You can listen to all the instructional stuff you want, but if you're not blowing the call and you're not practicing what you're hearing, then it's all going out the window.
0: And that's great advice. And what I'm going to reiterate, record yourself. Bobby Heim is a professional. He wins a lot of contests. He dominates on stage and in the field he records himself and plays it back and listens. Also, what I want to add to that is when he said, "Practice like you play." So, when you're out in the field and you cut off your notes, you still might get a, a hen mallard to react and turn a flock, or a greenhead to react and turn a flock. You might bah, 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 and cut them off, and you still get that that reaction and you kill them. That's awesome. Keep building from there. Listen to live ducks. Listen to what Bobby Heim is saying of record yourself. Become what he described himself as self-proclaimed perfectionist at the beginning of this conversation. You want to be a perfectionist. You can kill ducks with terrible notes. I've seen it done. I've done it a lot. Bobby did it when he was younger. But as you mature into your duck calling and duck hunting and duck killing career, you want to become a perfectionist because if you do take that next step and get on stage, those judges are going to pick you apart. If you get on there and you say, well, I can make those notes that Bobby's doing and you go, because I, I, I've killed ducks for the last five years. And then you get up there and you cut your notes off. You're going to find out real quick that most judges are going to be like, you cut your notes off and you got cut in the first round. That is not said to or meant to stop you you got to do what bobby just said at the end of that and i'm going to reiterate it again you got to practice quality practice makes quality duck calling practice 10 minutes you don't need to do it for three hours and wear your mouth out and tire your lips out and make them go numb practice for 10 minutes when you wake up and perfect that quack we're talking about the quack today on the foul eye podcast with bobby heim at bay country retrievers on instagram the quack (laughs) And he's using his hand. He's using his diaphragm. He's using his larynx and his throat. He told me I'm barking too much. That means I'm grunting. So when I took my headphones off, I could hear it a little bit more clear. And I tried to make a quick correction. Listen to yourself. Play it back and make corrections like Bobby is saying. Bobby, before we go today, I want to end on the quack of you mentioned variations of the quack. I don't know how many you have. And I know that they turn into cadences of greeters and comeback calls and, and, you know, invitational calls and different type of, you stand on that first note, man, where that first note might be longer. I just want to concentrate on the quack. We are going to move into greeters and sequences of putting those quacks together in chains and running them together. But Bobby, give us some different variations of just the quack, please.
1: All right. I'm going to go from bottom. All the way to the top, I'm gonna try and fit as many as I can in there.
0: Absolutely amazing! Like I can literally hear all of those different ducks and it's so real so as a perfectionist challenge yourself to become that like how many perfect ducks can you create and ducks aren't even perfect so that's probably not even the word to use but how many different hen mallards can you get in your arsenal because if you can do that with quacks you're going to be able to come back and when you watch a routine like bobby has or hear him in the blind you're going to be able to Surprise the heck out of me where it's meh, meh 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 and you hit that note, and I'm just like, holy geez, like that is so legitimate and so realistic. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be the most authentic presenter of jargon that we can. Jargon is the specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people, animals. Group of doctors talks different than a group of golfers do. A group of golfers talk different than baseball players on the field do. If you go into a cockpit of an airplane and listen to the pilot talk to air traffic control, you're not going to have any idea what he's saying or she's saying to that air traffic controller. Okay, So as a duck caller, you're using your jargon to get those ducks' attention and to talk to them and speak their language like Will Primos has made so famous. Speak the language. Matt, 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 Matt. It's the, the pre- presentation of that air to get that jargon, that vocabulary, that diction of the Mallard duck. So why not perfect it? In English diction, as a human being, I want I people to look at me and go, that was well said. That was well thought out. That was pronounced right. That was enunciated right. He used the right expressionable, you know, grammar. If I want to be excited with an exclamation point, hey, Bobby, how you doing? Exclamation point. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? Bobby's going to be like, what the heck's wrong with Chad? Okay. That's how ducks talk. There's so many different words that they're saying. You can simplify it. I don't want to get this too complex, but the mechanics are very, very difficult to learn. If you're not practicing the right things like Bobby Himes teaching you today, Bobby, the quacks are awesome. We got you have an unbelievable jargon of ducks, the specialized vocabulary amongst a am group, amongst of, group people, of people, animals, okay? Elk speak a different jargon than a turkey does. If a turkey went in the woods, an elk ain't gonna come run in. A coyote might. Coyote might come get that turkey because that's what coyotes are put on earth to do, or a fox or something. But an elk, when he bugles, a turkey might gobble, but he's not he's not gonna come run into an elk like it would be if a hen mallard was or a hen turkey was calling. Think about that. Every animal has a completely different jargon, okay? Yep. Canada geese don't call ducks, okay? Bobby Heim, end it by giving us a little bit of those quacks again and running it into what we're going to bring next time of how you can take those quacks and turn them in to some cadences of greeters. This is Bobby Hine on a Jargon four call. Unbelievable. Bobby, thank you my man for being on today. We're going to come back with part 2 with Bobby Heim. We're going to move into how he's stringing those quacks together to get those greeters. Those are unbe- those are more than exceptional. They are unfricking real. Uh Bobby, your video is froze. I think that your duck calling has made your internet start to go out. We're going to get this fixed. Come back with part 2 with Bobby Heim. Bobby, any closing words? Uh keep practicing. Keep practicing the great Bobby Heim at Bay Country Retrievers on Instagram. Listen to this man's routines. Good luck in Missouri, Bobby. What contest are you competing in? Oh, the dive bomb
1: squad fest.
0: Good luck down there. Go mop it up. Jargon being represented. I can't wait to see the results. My money is on Bobby Heim. This has been another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Chad Belling, thank you all so much for being here. Check out jargongamecalls.com for that duck call Bobby Heim was blowing on the operating today on the podcast, the Megaphore. We also have the brand new short read Goose Calls, the Crazy Train, and the Megaphore. We got our turkey calls available for next spring. We still got the small talk, the loud mouth, the icebreaker, the live duck, which I'm holding right here, which has been redone for 2022. 23 season. We're fired up. Jargon Game Check out this song, 2am Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. Thank you all for listening. Bobby, thank you.
1: Absolutely, buddy. Anytime.
0: This passion
1: for living, well, it feels my every move. I gotta be here and nowhere else. and never get my feeling built. It's in my heart, it's in my soul. I'm right.